Volume One, Chapter Five of Guy Mannering. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Josip. Guy Mannering or the Astrologer by Sir Walter Scott. Volume One, Chapter Five you have fed upon my seigneuries disparked my parks and felled my forest woods from mine own windows torn my household coat raised out my impress leaving me no sign save men's opinions and my living blood to show the world i am a gentleman richard the second when the boat which carried the worthy captain on board his vessel had accomplished that task the sails began to ascend and the ship was got under way she fired three guns as a salute to the house of elangowan and then shot away rapidly before the wind which blew off shore under all the sail she could crowd ay ay said the laird who had sought mannering for some time and now joined him there they go there go the free traders there go captain dirk hatterick and the Jungfrau Hagenslappen, half Manx, half Dutchman, half Devil. Run out the bolt sprit, up mainsail, top and top gallant sails, royals, and skyscrapers, and away, follow who can. That fellow, Mr. Mannering, is the terror of all the excise and custom house cruisers. They can make nothing of him. He traps them, or he distances them. And speaking of excise, i come to bring you to breakfast and you shall have some tea that mannering by this time was aware that one thought linked strangely on to another in the concatenation of worthy mr bertram's ideas like orient pearls at random strung and therefore before the current of his associations had drifted farther from the point he had left he brought him back by some inquiry about dirk hatterick oh he's a, a good sort of blackguard fellow enough nobody cares to trouble him smuggler when his guns are in ballast privateer or pirate faith when he gets them mounted he has done more mischief to the revenue folk than any rogue that ever came out of ramsay but my good sir such being his character i wonder he has any protection and encouragement on this coast why mr mannering people must have brandy and tea and there's none in the country but what comes this way and then there's short accounts and maybe a keg or two or a dozen pounds left at your stable door instead of a damned lang account at christmas from duncan rubb the grocer at kiplintringen who has i a sum to make up and either wants ready money or a short dated bill now hatterake will take wood or he'll take bark or he'll take barley or he'll take just what's convenient at the time i'll tell you a good story about that there was once a laird that's macfee or gudgeonford he had a great number of canaans that's hens that the tenant pays to the landlord like a sort of rent in kind they i fed mine very ill lucky finiston sent up three that were ashamed to be seen only last week and yet she has twelve boughs sowing of victual indeed her goodman duncan finiston that's him that's gone we must all die mr mannering that's always true 
and speaking of that let us live in the meanwhile for here's breakfast on the table and the domini ready to say the grace the domini did accordingly pronounce a benediction that exceeded in length any speech which mannering had yet heard him utter the tea which of course belonged to the noble captain hatterick's trade was pronounced excellent still mannering hinted though with due delicacy at the risk of encouraging such desperate characters were it but injustice to the revenue i should have supposed ah the revenue lads for mr bertram never embraced a general or abstract idea and his notion of the revenue was personified in the commissioners surveyors comptrollers and riding officers whom he happened to know the revenue lads can look sharp enough out for themselves no one needs to help him and they have had the soldiers to assist them besides and as to justice you'll be surprised to hear it mr mannering but i am not a justice of peace mannering assumed the expected look of surprise but thought within himself that the worshipful bench suffered no greater deprivation from wanting the assistance of his good-humoured landlord mr bertram had now hit upon one of the few subjects on which he felt sore and went on with some energy no sir the name of goodfrey bertram of elangowan is not in the last commission though there's scarce a carl in the country that has a plough-gate of land but what he must ride to quarter sessions and write j p after his name i can for well whom i am obliged to sir thomas kittlecourt as good as telled me he would sit in my skirts if he had not my interest at the last election and because i chose to go with my own blood and third cousin the laird of balroderie they keep it me off the roll of freeholders and now there comes a new nomination of justices and i am left out and whereas they pretend it was because i let david mcguffog the constable draw the warrants and manage the business his ain gate as if i had been a nose o wax it's a main untruth for i granted by seven warrants in my life and the dominie wrote every one of them and if it had not been that unlucky business of sandy mcruthers that the constables should have keep it to our three days up yonder at the old castle just till they could get conveniency to send him to the county jail and that cost me enough of silver but i ken what sir thomas wants very well it was just sick and sick-like about the seat in the kirk o kilmangirdle was i not entitled to have the front gallery facing the minister rather than mccroskey or crotchstone the son of deacon mccroskey the dumfries weaver mannering expressed his acquiescence in the justice of these various complaints and then mr mannering there was the story about the road and the fold like i can sir thomas was behind there and i said plainly to the clerk to the trustees that i saw the cloven foot let them take that as they like would any gentleman or set of gentlemen go and drive a road right through the corner of a fall dyke and take away as my agent observed to them like two roads of good moorland pasture and there was the story about choosing the collector of the cess certainly sir it is hard you should meet with any neglect in a country where to judge from the extent of their residence your ancestors must have made a very important figure 
very true mr mannering i am a plain man and do not dwell on these things and i must needs say i have little memory for them but i wish you could have heard my father's stories about the old fights of the macdingaways that's the bertrams that now is with the irish and with the highlanders that came here in their burlings from illay and cantire and how they went to the holy land that is to jerusalem and jericho without their clan at their heels they had better have gained to jamaica like sir thomas kittlecourt's uncle and how they brought home relics like those that catholics have and a flag that's up yonder in the garret if they had been casks of mascavado and the puncheons of rum it would have been better for the estate at this day but there's little comparison between the old keep at kittlecourt and the castle of elangowan i doubt if the keep's forty feet of front but he make no breakfast mr mannering you're no eating your meat allow me to recommend some of the kipper it was john hay that catched it saturday was three weeks down at the stream below hempseed fort etc 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 the laird whose indignation had for some time kept him pretty steady to one topic now launched forth into his usual roving style of conversation which gave mannering ample time to reflect upon the disadvantages attending the situation which an hour before he had thought worthy of so much envy here was a country gentleman whose most estimable quality seemed his perfect good nature secretly fretting himself and murmuring against others for causes which compared with any real evil in life must weigh like dust in the balance but such is the equal distribution of providence to those who lie out of the road of great afflictions are assigned petty vexations which answer all the purpose of disturbing their serenity and every reader must have observed that neither natural apathy nor acquired philosophy can render country gentlemen insensible to the grievances which occur at elections quarter sessions and meetings of trustees curious to investigate the manners of the country mannering took the advantage of a pause in good mr bertram's string of stories to inquire what captain hatterick so earnestly wanted with the gipsy woman oh to bless his ship i suppose you must know mr mannering that these free traders whom the law calls smugglers having no religion make it all up in superstition and they have as many spells and charms and nonsense vanity and war said the dominie it is a trafficking with the evil one spells periapts and charms out of his device choice arrows out of apollyon's quiver hold your peace dominie you're speaking for ever by the way they were the first words the poor woman had uttered by morning excepting that he had said grace and returned thanks mr mannering cannot get in a word for ye and so mr mannering talking of astronomy and spells and these matters have ye been so kind as to consider what we were speaking about last night i begin to think mr bertram with your worthy friend here that i have been rather jesting with edge tools and although neither you nor i nor any sensible man can put faith in the predictions of astrology yet as it has sometimes happened that inquiries into futurity undertaken in jest having their results produced serious and unpleasant effects both upon actions and characters i really wish you would dispense with my replying to your question 
It was easy to see that this evasive answer only rendered the Laird's curiosity more uncontrollable. Mannering, however, was determined in his own mind not to expose the infant to the inconveniences which might have arisen from his being supposed the object of evil prediction. He therefore delivered the paper into Mr. Bertram's hand, and requested him to keep it for five years with the seal unbroken, until the month of November was expired. After that date had intervened, he left him at liberty to examine the writing, trusting that the first fatal period, being then safely overpassed, no credit would be paid to its farther contents. This Mr. Bertram was content to promise, and Mannering, to ensure his fidelity, hinted at misfortunes which would certainly take place if his injunctions were neglected. The rest of the day which Mannering, by Mr. Bertram's invitation, spent at Elangoan, passed over without anything remarkable, and on the morning of that which followed, the traveller mounted his palfrey, bade a courteous adieu to his hospitable landlord and to his clerical attendant, repeated his good wishes for the prosperity of the family, and then, turning his horse's head towards England, disappeared from the sight of the inmates of Elangoan. He must also disappear from that of our readers, for it is to another and later period of his life that the present narrative relates. End of Volume 1, Chapter 5